took his sweet, there we go. sweet there time. We go. A bit late, a bit late, but there we go. Oh. There we go. Oh. He's 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 a busy a busy recorder, I'll I'll pray. He's a busy boy. He's a busy boy. Yes, um, he's been out of work for a few weeks. <laughs> he's been out a few a while. When was the last episode we did? Oh, like before Christmas. Oh, uh, I think Biden got elected, and then we no, we were still that. we were still counting the votes, weren't we? Were we? I reckon oh we God. were still counting the votes. That's how long it's been. Jeez, um, that's all right. It's all right. Recharged, recharged, replenished. We've had to have a holiday over our like massive um podcasting workload. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we did. There's a. It's episode sixteen. Is uh, the real Pizzagate Adelaide edition? Oh, oh, we're still, we're still, we're still talking about the old uh, coronavirus. Bloody COVID. They've solved it now. Vaccinations are they on have. the way. Apparently. Indeed. Being shipped out. Um, I don't have very high hopes for us getting any vaccinations for a long time. Um, not oh, that we really too, need it here. We're um, too young. Yeah, we're, we're too young and, and healthy. And I just think, you know, like where we are, like Adelaide and Australia is just doing so well. Like it's been, what, five, six days mm. without any COVID, like community yeah, transmission. It's amazing. Um, which is awesome. So I think, mm. yeah, and I think the vaccines are such a interesting issue. So like the moment COVID became a thing, like, you know, everyone, every pharmaceutical company, every country is trying to kind of create their own vaccine. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's like a scientific miracle, like how many vaccines have been created so quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... One part of me that, you know, from the very beginning is like, okay, this vaccine is going to be like the biggest business in the world for a bit. Um, you mm. know, you would be yeah, oh, very true. like how much money governments and companies are paying other companies, private companies, mostly um, to kind of make these vaccines. So we have quite a, f we have a few out there. So obviously there's like all of these kind of European ones. So there's the Pfizer vaccine, which I think is a German one, like made by a big German yeah, company. Yeah. Um, also, the that's of Viagra, very important. Really? Also. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There was some whole. There was a whole campaign about, um, you know, bringing the dead back to life. Oh gosh! Oh, to right. Trust them to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great campaign. So you have the fire. <laughs> Imagine if that's like a side effect of the vaccine. It's just like, yeah, look, sorry, you're going to have permanent, to have a hard-on. Permanent erection. <laughs> you're just going to, or even just like, yeah, the next six hours, uh, you're just going to kind of have to be stuck with it. Oh, gosh. I, um, yeah, as well, Pfizer is the one that's like, it has to be stored at like negative 50 or something like that, degrees Celsius. Yeah, some like, really hard to satisfy. Um, yeah, really, really cold. Um, mm. I don't know why. I'm sure it's something to do with, the proteins and the strands, many protein yeah, yeah. strands even. And um, yeah. like that is just such a difficult thing to do like in Australia. Like sure, you could do it in the cities and, you know, most people in Australia do live in cities, but, you know, we do have mm. a relatively significant rural community. So getting kind of something that needs to be at like negative 50, negative 60, negative 70, something that's like beyond, like I imagine beyond 
trucks, like refrigeration capacities, or at least we do not have enough of them to vaccinate the country in a suitable amount of time. It's kind of scary. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty intense. So it's like mm. this Pfizer one, which I think it's the best. I'm not sure. Is uh, is this not really suitable for like mainstream vaccination programs in Australia? So we're kind of using mm. the British AstraZeneca, which doesn't need to be refrigerated, but I don't think has anywhere near as high as a success rate. Yeah, right. Because Pfizer was like ninety-seven or ninety-eight percent. Oh, it's something like that. Was that right? And I guess ours is well. It has to be above. A, I feel like it has to be above a certain percentage to, you know, be approved. So, so the World Health Organization capable, says any anything above fifty percent is good. Anything above fifty percent? Yeah, fifty percent is considered a work. What the fuck? That's what the World Health Organization says. That seems so low to me. Well, that's not Pfizer, but that is just what like will be. So after both doses, the Pfizer vaccine, you need two. The Pfizer vaccine yeah, was yeah. found to be 95% effective in preventing COVID. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And then Moderna came in at 40, 94.1, sorry, 94.1%. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is interesting because Moderna and the Australian government could never reach a deal. Like it sounds like Moderna wanted a lot of money. That's what I'm guessing. Or they couldn't make a deal. And then the Australian government's yeah. like, well, we're just not going to have this Moderna vaccine just because it's so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is so crazy to think that there are these vaccines, like life-saving things, their country's economies like rely on them and just like, yeah, we just can't afford it. We're just not getting this one. Um, That's nuts. But my mum said something really funny the other day and it kind of sent me on a spiral. Of like, she's like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is how terrorists could really get us. And I'm like, oh, how? Tell me about this. And it's like, well, they're all coming on these big ships, these vaccines. What if the te- like mm. the terrorists or terrorists or yeah, something yeah. hijack or blow up one of these container ships with all the vaccines and then we don't have any mm. more vaccines? And I'm like, you know what, mum? Interesting. That's really interesting concept. I would watch that movie. Um, but like the idea of like this, this concept of vaccine diplomacy is really interesting to me. So obviously, you know, governments working with private companies, um, but then you have kind of these state company ones. So Sinovac made by Sinopharm, the, the, the Chinese vaccine, um, is going through like Mm -hmm. mass, mass vaccine. And and that's going through quite a few countries. Um, I think because China is offering it free to a lot of countries and you have the Russian one, um, the Sputnik. Oh, and what's how, what's the what is the Sputnik? The Sputnik, vaccine rate? yeah, the Sputnik five vaccine rate is ninety one point four percent. This is what it says. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And the Chinese vaccine, I can't remember what it's called. A what a fucking rate, name as well! Like they've literally named it after. I know a satellite. <laughs> the Rus- the Russians love to name things Sputnik. It's Sputnik five vaccine. And then the Sinovac oh, vaccine so is weird. 79% effective after three trials of the vaccine. So it's 79, which is yeah, significantly yeah. lower than Pfizer and Moderna. Um, Interesting. Ooh, ooh, and then BBC says that that vaccine has been found to be 50.4% effective in Brazilian clinical trials, which is still technically above World Health Organization's vaccine rate for a successful vaccine. So Jesus. good on you, scraping in. Wow, right, eh? So we have all these kind of vaccines, and I guess it's sort of just part of, like, diplomacy. So it's in China's interest just to pump out as many vaccines as possible. Um, 
and like give them around the world for free um i don't imagine that's what they're in like russia i imagine is like doing their own thing because they might not be able to get access to kind of western um pharmaceuticals but there's an interesting story that i read about cuba now cuba is like you know tiny country it's not very wealthy but it has like an amazing healthcare system um like better healthcare than I mean I was going to say better healthcare than the US, but like obviously like anywhere is so is everyone else in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like high high life expectancy, all of this stuff. Um, Interesting. Like they developed a vaccine for um, cervical cancer. They developed a, a way to stop HIV um, transmission from mother to child, which is wild. Anyway, yeah, so they've been working on on this COVID vaccine. But the issue is they're like they have it ready, but they don't have enough COVID cases in the country to actually do clinical trials. <laughs> so they're just like, we have this vaccine, but we can't even scientifically test it to see if it works because we've done so well at protecting ourselves against COVID. I just what a situation a, to be in. What a situation. Fidel's out there just being like, you don't even need the vaccine, my muchachos, from beyond the grave. Yeah, Live free. Live free. I imagine Cuba is like a very, like all of the Caribbean islands are very nice to kind of live on. Um, mm. yeah, but okay. Point. Okay. If you, you know, you did live on a, you know, we live in, you know, somewhere with like a quite a big shift in, in temperature. Are you someone that like mm. enjoys winter? Like the cold? Oh, this, I think. All right. So first of all, let me, let me paint a current picture for you. And okay. And I will paint it to me, like Bob Ross. So I, I am currently laying in bed, nice with a pedestal fan on setting number one, nice um, in my underwear with a phone and some headphones and my laptop up. Amazing. So that is that is my current situation. I am, I would describe myself as content. Now, this, setting, you know, now, this question, environment. Yeah. Setting one on the fan, is that the highest or the lowest setting? That is the lowest setting. Interesting. This fan is also potentially, like, several decades old. So part oh. of me, I think, is perhaps concerned that a higher setting would result in, it, in its imminent destruction. Righto, okay. Um, but Because uh, oh, this is something that I learnt recently as well, is that fans don't actually change the temperature of the room at all. So they're only relevant if you're in it because it does something with the air to make you feel cooler. Well, isn't it just like it blows, like it just blows the air on you, cooling you down? I don't know. Yeah, I think that must be what it is. But um, yeah, so I feel like ultimately the setting on the fan doesn't really matter because functionally it, it does the same thing. I guess a higher setting would just cool you quicker. Yeah, like when you actually think about a fan, it doesn't actually have any cooling mechanism. Like it doesn't condition the air. It is not a, a exactly. some sort of conditioner of the air, an air conditioner. Um, so, like, what, what, how, what actually, how do fans work? Because, like, if you look at them, they have like the blades are shaped, one yeah, end yeah. up, one edge down. To force the air yeah. down and out, I suppose. See, there's some sort of like air circulation thing because also mm. apparently ceiling fans can also be effective in winter because oh. you switch the rotation of the fan so it re like 
What? You know, recirculates the hot air at the top to push it down. Oh my god! So a I've fan never running, a fan running, a ceiling fan running clockwise. I think whatever way around is clockwise in summer is good because it brings like kind of attracts the hot air up. Well, hot and air if it runs anti, yeah, yeah. So I guess it brings it. It makes the hot air rise at a quicker rate. But then That's if why the Mount fan Everest spins like tropical. anti-clockwise. Yes. Yes, it's fucking hot at the top of Mount Everest. <laughs> at the bottom, famously, is much, much colder. Well, that's why you always see people at, you know, base camp. That's the bottom. It's the base of the mountain. It's cold there. But when they go up, that's when, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> they just lose more and more layers the further yeah. up they go. Exactly. Um. So, actually, problem solved. You just need a big fuck-off fan at the top of Mount Everest. That was so global. That was running, so global running anti, Running anti-clockwise, and that'll... Yeah, we'll just reverse it. Yeah. I actually yeah. can't believe this, this idea of, like, the fan. I kind of want to... I mean, I wouldn't try it now, but I kind of want to try it, because I have a ceiling fan. Um, mm. all right, See how hot you can get by turning it anti-clockwise. Yeah, gosh, oh. I've never really thought of a fan as like, like who invented the fan? Like, when was the electric fan invented? Because obviously, you know, you have like, you know, That's you can fan question. yourself with like a paper fan. Let's have a little Google. Let's have a. Um. Anyway, sorry, when we're talking was... about winter. Do you someone who like winter? Well, so I think me being as content as I am in this situation, I like summer when I'm not experiencing summer so you know mm. if i was outside i would i would hate summer <laughs> but being inside with a fan on i really like summer does that make sense that does make perfect sense to me that makes perfect sense to me i um yeah and i feel like in winter my clothing options are increased this is true. Or uh, not even necessarily options, just comfortability and style. It's a lot easier for a guy yes. to dress well in winter. Yes. Like, you know, wearing yes. a wearing, in the wearing same a... in the same way that yeah. it's easier for women traditionally to dress in summer. Exactly. We you know, we all we split it. Um it's like it's all equal. <laughs> can I ask that do you do you still wear your suit to work even if it's like thirty nine or something or like forty? Yes. Oh my god! I will, I will like take the jacket off and roll my sleeves up, but or like yes. a businessman, you got the long pants still. Yeah, Do you wear there socks? are no business shorts. There are no business shorts. That could be our new business like endeavor. That's not. I feel like I, I've got a feeling that someone has tried business shorts. What but... do business shorts look like? Also, electric fan invented eighteen eighty six. By Shula Wheeler. Incredible. Um, what a what a what an inventor. What a human. Business shorts. I will think. I will think about that person every time I turn the fan on. Oh no! I'm the business shorts do not look good. The business shorts. I know. This is the thing. Look, look at just... this. Oh god! Hold on. I'll look it up. Can I just like search for it normally? Oh, I just sent it. I just sent you. Because this is the thing. I went to a um. 
So I went to a private school. You did. Not sure if you're aware of this fact, but... I have learnt it. I did. Surprising um, no one. And, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at... I've just seen the image. It's not great. Business shorts. Oh. Well, I feel like... So I've, I've gone the Google image route as well. Right. What is and the point of business shorts some with of the, the business jacket? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, you're trying to be cooler, but the top half of you must be much, much hotter than the bottom half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, so I went, I went to private school, and at said private school, they did, they'd considered this, you know, this risk of dressing, you know, in the, you know, shirt formalistic uniform and gone. You know, people should be able to wear shorts. So I actually had a pair of quote-unquote business shorts, which were right. literally shorts made from, like, basically suit material. Oh, no, gosh. That you would wear in summer. Yeah. Like, this, the suit concept, is it really shows you just how Western fashion styles and, and ways of doing business have influenced the whole world. So, like, in Australia, in summer, it does make no sense to wear a suit. But imagine being in, like, Malaysia or Singapore, where it's so fucking humid. Oh, God, yeah. And these are, these are business centres. I I don't know how they would do it. You just melt. It's not just the humid. I don't know. Um, yeah, because... Ultimately, like, the problem is humidity rather than heat. So I think, like, ultimately I don't mind summer in Australia as a season simply because it's a dry heat and it's not stupidly humid. It really depends I mean, I'm where a sweaty you... boy at the best of times, but... You are a sweaty boy at the best of times. I think, <laughs> I think you know, it's, like, easy to say in, like, Adelaide, which is, like, you know, basically next to a desert, it's very, very like a, a hot dry heat also we did we said we weren't going to get into weather chat but it's 40 degrees today and it, it's it's just hot it's on our minds exactly it is <laughs> yeah but it's just it's just wild that's like surely there's a better way like i think how did like people traditionally in this kind of area of the world do business and you know people wore like robes and like flowing like mm. i would wear a, a like a business robe a business robe to work, Anthony. Oh, that's a very kinda, cool idea. A business toga, even. Oh, I like that a lot, actually. Uh, I've typed because, in business like, robe. It's more. There is none. It's graduation robes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll give them a use after graduation. Um, because obviously the. You know, people who live in the actual desert, they're not wearing, like, they're not going short shirtless with, like, booty shorts. They're no, in they those, like, flowing, flowing robes and presumably yeah. have, you know, functionally there's a reason for why they're worn instead of, you know, tight-fitting you know, this country is colonised by Europeans mm. with European understandings, I think, still of, of fashion and that how it relates to the environment. And I think that has, that change, that has like, is slowly changing over time in, like, Australia and how our culture slowly, over time, like, over decades and decades, slowly changes mm. from a kind of yeah, a European yeah. to a, maybe a new 
thing but maybe i was going to say more of an asian style but perhaps even more of a, like a new australian style culture mm, but yeah but yeah very true so yeah um, there you go weather weather chat i'm a fan of weather are we making chat. this a, a an odd going segment do you think talk about the In weather season yeah um look just life. say you know it's uh 100 degrees Fahrenheit in... in what even is 100 degrees Fahrenheit? Like, what is that? Is that like... I think it's 40. That's pretty hot. That's pretty hot. Oh, so, oh it's not quite. 38, I think. Let's see. Yeah, 100, 100 is 38. Fahrenheit. It's such a weird system. I'm sure that there's something to do... Like, Fahrenheit has some 37... Yeah, fuck. That's such a weird system. Such a weird system. It is. It I is. just don't know why zero isn't base and then 100 isn't at the top. Because I know Fahrenheit is meant to be... <laughs> it's something to do with, like, the... F- I don't know. I'm not sure. It's like... There is a like, reason, you're right. Oh. There is a reason. Um, right, it's something... Several accounts of how he... Okay, the Fahrenheit scale is a temperature scale based on the proposal in 1724 by physicist Daniel Gabriel Fahrenheit. He named it after himself. Holy shit. It uses yes. the degree Fahrenheit. Do you think there's a Fahrenheit family out there? Oh, is there a Celsius uh, family? Ooh, that's an interesting one. And they have like I'm a keen bit of for a the Kelvin family. family. That'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> measure everything in Kelvins. It uses the degree Fahrenheit as a unit. Several accounts of how he originally defined his scale exist, but the original paper suggests the lower defining point, zero Fahrenheit, was established as the freezing temperature of a solution of brine made from a mixture of water, ice, and salt. The other limits established was his right. best estimate. Right. So the 100 Fahrenheit is his best estimate of the human body temperature, which is about 37, 38, uh, isn't it? Right. Holy shit. So Still coming together. Still stupid as hell, but at least I can understand. <laughs> wow. I will never forget that 100 degrees is now, 100 degrees Fahrenheit is like 37. Oh. That's oh, really that's interesting. Why, why, why go zero degrees? Okay, this is the thing. I feel like he's like, okay, 100 will make it human temperature. And he's like, oh, we need mm. a zero. And he's like, fuck, all right. And he just makes up, all right, let's have salty ice water freeze. Uh, we'll just pick yeah, that yeah. random thing because that's like a convenient zero. Yeah. Um, okay, so obviously wow. it's a ter- Fahrenheit is used in the United States, including its unincorporated territories. Interesting. But also it's also like used a, in... Puerto Rico know, what's, or whatever. What are, the, whatever unincorporated? the other incorporated ones? Panama? I think it's, or, I think uh, I was gonna, uh, oh, yeah, it is Puerto Rico. I was going to say... I was gonna say, Oh, here we go. American Samoa, Guam. Oh, yeah, the classic. Mariana Island, Puerto Rico, uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's where Anthony's from. Um... <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that, I did that so smooth. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Yeah. But uh, Fahrenheit is used in Palau, the Federated States of Micronesia, and the Marshall Islands, the Cayman Islands, and Liberia. Oh. Liberia, interesting. Well, Liberia was set up by the Americans. It was like mm. the American colony because, well, before slavery was made illegal, there was like 
people were like, oh, we won't have slaves, but we'll just, you know, send them back to Africa, which is no, it's not good. And so Liberia was set up by these like the American uh... government and these rich Amer- white Americans sending their African slaves back to Africa and then like yeah, as right. a little American style country. Um, yeah, yeah. which is pretty pretty fucked up they've had a lot of very intense civil wars in liberia uh it began as a settlement of the american colonized colonization society which isn't a great name which isn't not a a great name oh Um, dear yeah liberia liberia was the first african country to proclaim its independence and is africa's first and oldest modern republic shout out to liberia good on you you there you bloody go yeah yeah that's oh, quite interesting. It is interesting. I think they actually declared Liberia. Wow, I think Liberia declared war on Germany when the U.S. United States did. Oh, that that was the turning point. Liberia beat Hitler. <laughs> Liberia beat Hitler. You heard it here first. You heard it here first, folks. Um, that's incredible. I know. Wow, we've, we've gone over a lot. I and never you know expected was... to end up in Liberia. Yeah. After gosh, talking it's... about the weather. It's really far from the Virgin Islands, so I can really understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, you're right. And we never would have come across any of this information if it weren't for the Google search function on my personal computer, Anthony. Something. I was just, which... I was just waiting for a uh, our our sponsor for this episode, Google. Um... A sponsor for this episode, the Liberian government, <laughs> the U.S. Virgin Islands. Come visit. Oh. Um. But yeah, Google. That's great. Mm. So Very Anthony, helpful. there's Google's being a bit cheeky. The big tech companies, um, obviously. Mm. Um, big tech is kind of a thing in the news recently. So we haven't, I think we haven't done one since everything happened, but obviously there were big, it's a big argy bargy, as we like to say in Australia, in the capital, in in the United States, not the capital Indeed. of the world, capital of America. <laughs> um, well, maybe in a way the capital of the world, but um, yeah. The capital of the media world at the very least. Bit of a, bit of a, bit of a biff, bit of a blow up, bit of a punch on, bit of a kerfuffle. Mm. Um, many words have been used. Um, people were describing it as a coup, coup d'état, mm. mm-hmm. a coup. Uh, I don't coupe. think it, it doesn't really. Yeah, coup is pronounced like soup. It's spelled the same. Yeah. Or is soup actually pronounced sue? Sue. I'd like a bowl of pumpkin soup. A sous. sous d'état is a what happens in the United States. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I'm sure a million people have talked to about this. Um, but one of the big outcomes was it of this was all the big media companies, social media companies, banning Trump, taking him off their platforms, deplatforming Trump, mm. um, and a lot of his supporters, QAnon stuff, just regular MAGA supporter types, which is interesting. So the, the United States president was effectively, I'm going to use the word silenced here, but like, well, we'll explore In this air more. quotes, but yes, yeah. By a, and also an American media company, interesting, but by Twitter. Let's just use Twitter because that's what he's mm. famous for. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, is fucking very interesting. 
Um, and a lot of people have been like, oh, you know, this is big tech taking over. Um, but also a lot of people have been Free like... Speech. Yeah, but also a lot of people have been like, oh, you know, it's in the corporation's terms and services agreement. And look, all I say but is... no one has ever read, but... Donald Trump, regardless of his flaws, was and probably remains the greatest shit poster to ever exist. Um, potentially. 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 Uh, so, yeah. Look, I don't know. How, what are your thoughts on it? On, on Trump being removed from, from Twitter? Well, I think one of the things that really came out of this and was also, um, I think, semi-related to the, the transfer to parlor which was like the french right, version yes. of twitter which was infinitely worse and had infinitely worse material and comments and content yeah um, it was like a big right wing thing i think parlor well, yeah that was, yeah, yeah that was gab i think oh yeah but i guess like eff- effectively it became this the kind of shutdown almost of parlor effectively became <laughs> this almost more of a symbol of you know, censoring, quote-unquote, the yeah. uh, you know, right-wing speech and stuff. Look, it only has 4 million um, active users. And it even says, if it's just the first thing, the Wikipedia article, like, not even clicking it, just like when you type in Parler, yeah. it doesn't go to the Parler website. It goes, Parler is an American alt-tech microblogging and social network service. It has a significant user base of Donald Trump supporters, conservatives, conspiracy <laughs> right-wing extremists. Posts on the service Perfect. often contain far-right content, anti-Semitism and conspiracies such as QAnon. That's, that's pretty much that's the first thing you read when you, you're like, oh, what is this? <laughs> it has 30 employees. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, but, please continue. Yeah, um, so I, th- I think that one of the, let's say, more complicated aspects of the banning of Trump was really the lack of, let's say, consistency around it we have this uh this symbol of just cooked and insane content being tweeted and completely justified to ban him i think given some of the the shit that he had stirred through twitter oh absolutely um but also and and i hate to say this um but one of the, let's say, valid counterpoints to that was, look, if you're banning Trump for this shit, then you can't really then justify what could be perceived as equally bad or equally, you know, invigorating um, tweets from other people. Yeah, and right. I think that that's really where the, I guess, kind of, this, you know, big techs taking over, I feel like that's really where it kind of stemmed from. And obviously we're in circumstances where because I banned Trump, people were actively searching for, like, you know, the three other tweets from other people that were, <laughs> that were you know, bad content and then saying, oh, what about these people? Um, but doesn't really make it any less valid that, you know, if you're banning this person for what they're saying, if another person is tweeting comparable content but mm. remains unbanned, 
then where's the, I guess, kind of fairness or balance in, you know, enforcing what otherwise kind of legitimate terms and, you know, legitimate power on behalf of the company to be able to kind of police content that's being posted on their platform. Yeah. It's just so such a tricky thing because they're meant to be these open forums, social media. Mm. And, like, you know, obviously presidents have every, – every politician has used other forms of media, like – it wasn't. It wasn't like when Twitter was invented. People were like, "Oh, now I can finally hear what the president was is going to say." No, like there's like newspapers, radio, TV, so many other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also think you know, Trump had a good run on Twitter. Like, Trump had a really good run on Twitter, and he effectively used Twitter to kind of win the election, basically, um, and social yeah, media probably. and everything. So I feel like it's a little bit of. The double-edged sword for him in that it's it's come back to really bite him well has mm. it i don't know he, he he had lost the election by the time that they had banned him so really it was just like he was just a regular dude again uh yeah yeah, yeah. so i think he got what he needed from it and yeah i think the issue is if it was someone else someone else would probably be like well i you know i got what i needed from it i won the election i was president for four years of the united states of america the most powerful country ever it's pretty mm. good. But I think for him, he's so addicted to just posting and just such. Yeah, I, I just think it must. I just would love to have just been in the room where someone told him, yeah, you've been banned on Twitter. Just the rage that must have gone through him that he's like, I can't mm. post. I can't tweet. Holy shit. The man is addicted to social. He's like a 14 year old girl addicted to social media. <laughs> or maybe not Twitter. I don't know. I don't really know who uses yeah. Twitter. No, no, I follow you. Um, you use Twitter, Jordan. So I do use Twitter, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. He, no, no, I follow you. And I don't know. I think it's just one of these things where it is does show kind of the how how powerful these tech companies actually are. And I wouldn't call it censorship what happened to Trump or anything mm. like that because you know it's one social media network. He could just go to the fucking New York Times. He could just go on Fox News. He could go on all of these things, and he'll be fine. Um, yeah, but I, just, yeah. I just think it shows that, you know, for me, everything that happened with Twitter, it happened after everything had become clear that Trump was going to lose. And for me, I think it was just more of a way for Jack Dorsey and for Twitter and all of these big social media companies who, you know, every year get more and more scrutiny, big tech companies do, to ingratiate themselves with the Biden, um, Biden not campaign, Biden presidency now, yeah, to go yeah. like, hey, buddy. We're on your side, friend. Don't pass yeah, laws regulating yeah. us. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's, it's that's so, very it's so obvious, but I don't know. Um, but anyway, like, so building from that, in Australia currently, um, the Australian government has tried to pass a law requiring search engines to pay, um, or social media search engine websites, to pay Australian newspapers mm-hmm. if they use like their links to their their news um mm. yeah so and it's been a it's been a a thing that's been going on for a while i mean it's something that's ab like you know rupert murdoch fucking loves this idea because it effectively um in a way helps shut if it goes through helps shut down extra channels of non-murdoch media because murdoch can do whatever fuck he wants he has enough money to it and mm. it just strengthens his monopoly but also at the same time 
Google really should be doing this. And the idea that Google is now threatening to remove Google search function in Australia mm. is, is crazy. And, you know, like yeah. Scott Morrison would be insane to back down from something like this because it will just, it just, it's, look, I don't think he's in a great electoral position anyway, but this is just another thing where he'll just be seen as kind of rolling over for some big American thing. First it was Trump, yeah. now it would be a tech yeah. company. Um, but the interesting thing is France has a similar deal with the with Google, um, that Google pays French news agencies to do their thing. So it sounds more like this could be a way for Google trying instead to leverage to make a deal because they've made a deal in the past, you know, with the French government. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know really the specifics of it compared to, say, the Australian government's um, laws, but there has to be a way for it to come to a kind of a, a nice middle ground. Um, but, yeah, I was just imagining how fucking stoked the people at Bing must have been hearing about this. <laughs> They're just like, holy shit. Oh, my God. They're just like, yes, Australia will pay. We'll do anything, whatever you want. Please, God, just, like, let us in. Oh, fuck. It's like the me with the fence and it's just Bing. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just such a weird... Oh. And, and I think I think you're ultimately right. It is effectively an attempt to leverage the fact that Google is so ingrained in how everyone functions. Like it's just it, yeah, it's impossible absolutely. to exist without using Google. It's just um, so like it's only not even been so around yeah. that long. Twenty years, really, Google smart mm. technology and it's completely just changed everything about our society so quickly mm, mm. Um, so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens really but you're right like it's i think part of the thing is because i remember this google had like a fucking statement where when you went to the google homepage, there was a yes. little link to yes. like Oh, learn about how uh, Australia is, you know, limiting Google's <laughs> kind of, you know, functionality or whatever, which yeah. was, you know, stupidly worded or whatever. But um, yeah, because that I, I felt like that was like a year ago at least, perhaps even longer. So, you know, this thing has been brewing for mm. quite some that. time. I think it's been going on for eighteen months. Um, this like. I think it's a news bargaining agreement or something like that. So like Google, mm, Google and like, right. I think Facebook as well. So like, but you know what? If Facebook left the country, I actually think that would be better for our society. I don't know if Google would be. Oh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, no. I actually think really Facebook not. being would, would be better. Um, I guess that means Instagram as well. Um, but I think it means they, yeah, they have to. It forces them to negotiate with media companies for payment. It's not; it doesn't set a price. Mm. Um, but I wonder why, like Google, so against it so much. Um, let's have a look. Hey, blah blah blah. Yeah, that's it. Because, like, in their bullshit letter or whatever, the the concept was effectively saying, like, you know, we don't want to, uh, I guess, kind of restrict the visibility of you know, mum and pop's small media yeah. company um, <laughs> Mama, yeah. as compared to, like, corporation, media corporations that can actually <laughs> what, afford what is to my, pay what Google is, for them. 
What is a mum and pops media corporation, though? <laughs> like just, fucking blogs, Jordan. I'm talking yeah, about blogs yeah. and like Facebook pages. And here's one that uh, you might have forgotten WordPress. WordPress. Um, but just all those like bullshit. Well, I say bullshit. Predominantly bullshit opinion websites of just the nutters of the world. Um, yeah. So effectively, things that shouldn't come up when you're searching for things, but for whatever reason, formed, you know, a notable person portion of Google's apparent justification for why, you know, we should be opposed to this. Right. This approach. Maybe, which maybe is it's because it, it sets strange. a precedent. It sets like a precedent. It does. It does. So that if people are like, oh, fucking Australia, that little shithole of a country did it. You know, <laughs> here in Germany or in oh. Canada or in some important country can can make some make some deals. Mm. Mm. Yeah, which is true, but uh, yeah, I just I I struggle to I guess picture the the good you know, the good fight that's being fought on behalf of, like, who, obviously Google cares about itself, but in portraying it caring about others, it's not clear who that other is. Oh, absolutely. And because like... I, think, I, th- I think ultimately that the problem that's happened over time, and, you know, setting aside, you know, Murdoch Media and all those... Yeah, crazies as well. Like ultimately, the the creation of these echo chambers of just you know completely nuts individuals, like that's that's part of the problem. Like this, yeah. you know, this creation of um, you know accessibility to you know that one blogger who's anti-vax versus all these peer-reviewed studies. Yeah, like, right. The access- accessibility to that one article breeds breeds this echo chamber of just crazy people being able to point to that one thing that they've Googled once to justify their their view, and then that just continues. So, I yeah, I also think like the business impacts of say Google search disappearing are massive because how many businesses has mm. specifically gone, spent a, a significant amount of money and training and resources into yeah, like Google ads, Google ads, man. And like, I, I, I know that other Google services like Google maps will not be affected. Um, Thank God. Otherwise they'll be lost all the fucking time. You have to use Apple maps. Um, I don't even have an Apple phone, Jordan. What am I going to oh, do? No, that's right. You just have to use... <laughs> Shit, yeah, like, they're not going to... Samsung, Samsung, you know, worldview. That'll be the, the next one. Yeah, and it's... You know, Australia is such a small global market. Like, for Google, it's such a small piece of the market. But also, it's like... Australia's not a big enough market, I think, for other massive tech companies to s- deliberately set something up. Yeah, yeah. Like we're Amazon, we come in with their middle Google. Yeah. 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 We're just in that weird middle ground where we're, you know, Western enough to be important, but also purely demographically just aren't big enough to be relevant. Well, we're like, you know, G20 country, great economy, but like economy isn't about 
like especially more and more these days isn't necessarily about what you produce it's about your your amount of consumers so you know china is the, the mm. greatest market in the world because it has the most amount of consumers on the internet and this is why everyone's desperate for mm. china to open up um india is like the next biggest market for for internet stuff because more people on the internet mean more clicks more ads more people looking at your shit um yeah yeah it's just the future. It's just it's it's literally just people power, and so a population of twenty six, twenty seven million in Australia is not really worth setting a global precedent that the United States could perhaps follow. Because you know the United States have put forward antitrust laws for duopoly on on Facebook and Google. I think it was Facebook. Oh yeah, because Facebook is also Instagram and a lot of other things. Um, before, um, and yeah, like if I was Google and like a completely evil corporate overlord i too would just mm. be like fuck you australia we we don't want to go to mandatory arbitration with these fucking news companies um yeah so i don't know what it means and i honestly think that you know the government will, will come to a deal with google and then something will say and then they'll come to a deal with facebook and then news will stay on facebook but part of me does kind of want to see what our country and society would look like kind of a little bit out of the realm of these ginormous monopoly companies especially mm. news mm. um facebook yeah, and news yeah. has, no, that's a know, really Cam- good point yeah like cambridge analytica all that stuff that was so linked to facebook um so yeah i just i don't know it's very it's something interesting to keep your eye on i think it's indicative of the future and we've spoken about this before of, of big tech companies becoming more and more influential in your life for better or for worse yeah yeah um, both in terms of kind of how you use the internet, but also in terms of how you just live your life, you know, like Google can, might can end up controlling your light bulbs, your taps, your water heater, who knows? Because um, if everything's just going to be one day controlled via an app on your phone. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I love the idea of, but I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just a bit weird. And you're kind of like, how how far... How far does this go? How how far does this need to go? You know, like what's what, yeah. what's the end point? What is the end point? And is there someone who can actually significantly provide a different product? Like, is the issue not necessarily mm. the companies themselves, but it's the it's the monopoly, right? Google, Facebook, Amazon, they all share different like sectors of the internet. They really don't have they obviously they compete, but they don't have any major reason to go into giant competition because they're the top dogs, you know. Yeah. Um, all companies. Yeah, they're the top the, dogs in all the like necessary sectors of of people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. The ability to access information, the ability to buy shit, and the ability to contact other people. Yep. Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon, these four mass major tech companies control most mm. of the, 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 well, the developed world, I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a lot. They're, they're unelected, undemocratic, and they're, they're a bit intense. And you, like, oh, like, would you ever get like a, a like an Alexa or a Google Home kind of thing? Look, I love the idea for ages, um, but also like, I'm uncomfortable enough talking to my own phone. Like, you know, I have the hey, and I put a break in between here so it doesn't register Google. Um, right. But I'm just I'm uncomfortable enough using that just 
day to day that I don't know if the actual mm. device there would, would serve me well. But, you know, I know a couple of people who do have it and um, one friend's, like, gradually turning everything into, like, smart lights and stuff like that and things like that and he loves it. So, like, I appreciate the convenience on one hand and, like, love the idea and would love to have smart lights everywhere. Um, but I guess... More and more, if I think critically about what that means and what's involved in that, like I can't, I can't completely dismiss the privacy aspect of it and the, I guess, kind of what's being done with that data, like what 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 the payoff for that convenience is. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I'm still not, you know, I'm still not at the point where I I don't want to do it, which, mm. you know, for better or for worse, I've, you know, been sufficiently, uh, you know, brainwashed by big tech to be in this place. <laughs> they um, put the chip inside you. Yeah, yeah, the chip's already there. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm on, I'm in that fucking middle ground as I, you know, am permanently as a human being. Um where like I just yeah the conve- the idea of the convenience has so far outweighed the well what does this actually mean or what is the actual kind of functional kind of payoff for having this convenience that hasn't quite you know beaten out the fuck how cool would it be to turn my lights on just before I open the door. Yeah. I just, yeah. Like, I'm I'm someone who never likes any of that stuff. Um, I think mm. all of that stuff is that's so super corny. I'm okay just to flip a, like, hard switch to turn on my light. I'm, I'm okay. I prefer the dark anyway. That's It makes it easier for me to cry. This- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, God, I don't want to be like, you know, sobbing quietly in the dark and then Google, bang, smart lights on, everything. Do you want to watch this ad? Um, <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, I've always been very kind of cautious of my privacy, you know, like I have like super VPN, VPN-y stuff. Not probably yeah. that I need it. They probably can track me in lots of other ways. But, you know, if, if someone was to look at this recording, I'm technically having this, this conversation from Singapore. Um, Lovely. Yeah, shout out to Singapore. Second mention on the show. Um, <laughs> friends of the show, sponsors the Singaporean. <laughs> um, yeah, Lee Kuan Yew, we miss you. Uh, yeah. Anyway, oh. seeing how that goes, something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, and I think a lot of the world is kind of watching how both, you know, the Australian government, which, you know, is a massive rollover but this for for corporations but also like will fucking br- like absolutely smash the economy into the ground if it thinks it will win them the next election or or, or something <laughs> like that um against uh. these giant tech companies that you know want access to these markets and but also don't want to like actually have to to do anything like i don't even know if google pays yeah, tax yeah. in australia um Oh, but yeah, I doubt it. But yeah, yeah, 
no one seems to pay no companies really seem to pay tax in australia so that that would that would be fine it's just just the people that work for the companies that seem to but the companies themselves no tax really what a great system um, uh, yeah got to create jobs jordan jesus jobs? we need some jobs <laughs> you know what else will we need alongside the jobs mate a nice side of growth a growth. nice side of growth uh, and jobs. we want to move forward uh, to jobs and growth we want to do three things in this country, Jordan. We want to move forward. We want to create jobs and we want to create growth. It's beautiful. It's simple. Um, what is Scott Morrison's, like, does he have a, a fair go or something? Does he have, like, a, a slogan? <sighs> so, obviously, jobs and growth, Malcolm Turnbull, Julia Gillard. Legend. Forward. Um, forward. Tony Abbott was some sort of, like, lizard reptilian hissing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of one for ScoMo. I think it's more his brand as uh, like a daggy dad. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it is a nah because a fair go was like. I feel like it's a it's probably a even pre Howard. It's like a Keating or a Hawk thing. A fair go, I reckon. Yeah, but that's yeah. a good question. I don't know. I think Daggy Dad is just just the brand. Scotty for marketing. Um, all right. He, Maybe that's what he's lacking. That's that's the that's, problem. Yeah. That's the one. The one problem with Scott Morrison is that he doesn't have, you know, like a catchphrase that. Oh my god! All right. So I'm looking at some of the the history. Obviously, it's time. That was the uh, Hawk one, wasn't it? No, that was the Howard one. Time. It's time for like the yeah, change. Yeah, Kevin O7. Yeah, that's classic. Uh, keep the bastards honest. That was the uh, the Democrats one. Uh, oh yeah. Let's stick together. Let's see it through. Oh my god. The answer is liberal. Yeah. To which then Labour leader Bob Hawke replied, "If the answer is liberal, it must have been a bloody stupid question." <laughs> I consider the. Uh, I consider the, the 2019 slogans, Bill Shorten, Billy Boy, a man who, mm. yeah, gosh, I don't, I would not want to be Anthony oh. Albanese and that somehow be overshadowed somehow by Bill Shorten. No, Albo was in a car crash recently. He was in a car crash. Or not. Yeah. That's and then crazy things. Yeah. And he used it to be like, you know. When Carrie Packer had a stroke, he went to the same hospital. When, like, my poor mum did, she went to the same hospital, like, talking about Medicare. Good on you. Good, nice, nice swing. Don't know if it's going to land, mate, <laughs> but here you go. Not sure Carrie sure Packer is the labour icon you want to go for. Um, but Bill Shorten's was a fair go for Australia. A fair go for Australia. You know, very attempting, very, like, labour attempting to go that working class route. Um, yeah, Scott yeah. Morrison's is so bad. It doesn't flow. It's just basically jobs and growth reworded. Building our economy, securing oh, our Oh, building our economy. That was the one. Yeah, yeah. The securing our future is completely unnecessary and kind of ruins it. But building I, our economy, might, yeah. that's, that's a good one. Well, he, like, apparently, you know, he's... oh. Fuck, no, I know what Abbott's is. Stop the boats. Oh. Because that's so yeah, linked true. to Scott Morrison be like, I stopped 
the boat. Mm. Anyway, building our economy secure in future. Terrible, terrible fucking slogan. The use of our economy and your future means the party's pitch is more than simply re-electing the party or Scott Morrison. I don't know. I don't know if they've lived up. Well, how, how have you gone up for that, mate? <laughs> Building our economy, securing future, how's that going? I just, yeah. Like, look, Don Chips, um, oh. keep the bastards honest for the Democrats. Is, uh, That's quality. That's it's a, it's famous. Pretty fucking good. It's pretty good. Everyone's always going to remember it. Um, yeah. The back in Wait, black. What would... Costello's nineties back in black, back in black and back on track. Oh wow! I miss Peter Costello. Let's let's bring him back. Let's um, bring Costello so back. So, Jordan, if you if you had to if you had to run, oh you know, fuck no! Campaign time was, to... Sorry, its time was Gough Whitlam. Obviously, nineteen seventy-two. I can't believe I've messed that up. I think I think I said Scott um, John Howard. Time. Terrible. Anyway, please continue. Um, I was going to say, Jordan, if you obviously were in, were in the season of, of shit slogans, um, Bills was effectively uh, an academic integrity of a previous one, and obviously Scott's doesn't flow very well. Um, yeah. Do you do you have a, a slogan in mind that you think might be able to, you know, bring back the uh, a non-liberal government? have a, a, a slogan that you think might be able to okay let's write let's let's in that i'll create a slogan for my well-beloved friends in the labor party um yeah yeah let's because, create a labor Jordan, party. we could we could sell this for mm-hmm. lots of money Look. and then become liberal voters Labor Party. <laughs> That's true. Like you hit over, like you win it. Like sorry guys, like you just paid us like two hundred thousand dollars. I vote libs now. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I feel like the Labor Party desperately needs a new media management strategy because they're like mm. all every oh, it's just terrible. Um. Oh, okay, let's think of a slogan. Because um, they're just like they're just they're not around. They're just not they're not in the media in the Labor Party oh, relevant God, ways. I, you know, I thought last election, I don't know, fuck, like, it's it's bad. It is grim that the Labour Party meant to be the opposition, Her Majesty's opposition. Mm. Oh, no, 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 yeah. This is not not a good sign for anyone, really. And, you know, if, if the Liberals win the next election next year, or this year, probably, I think there'll mm. be probably be election, end of this year. Um, Will it really be this year? Has it been that long? I don't know. Well, oh, it's got to be next. I thought it was like 2023. Oh, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it'll be next year. Next next Australian election. Obviously, it can happen anytime. Lib spill. That's what we want. It's been a while since we've had a lib spill. <laughs> we maybe need we... another lib spill. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm getting no, it. It bit... can't happen anymore. They've changed the all the voting. Oh, that's true. It's sad. I, I'm too used to this one prime minister. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting complacent, you know. You might get go. a bit complacent. Australia. So when is the next election? Uh, uh, it needs to be sixty-eight days from the expiry date. Uh, come on, guys! Someone just give me a number. What happened? Eighteenth of May, twenty nineteen. Oh, maybe no, maybe it'll be twenty twenty-two. Not. Yeah, it's got three years. Yeah. Unless. Just do it one with you. Unless Scomo is like, yeah, I'm confident. 
I can beat Albo. Which is probably good. Probably could. Which is um Oh, if that was the only, you know, requirement, we would have had the election yesterday. Like <laughs> Yeah. Look. Uh, I just I don't know really what's what's going on with the Labour Party. And you know what? I don't even know if I can create a slogan. But let's think. It would be let's let's think. It would be Because okay, so let's let's think like contextually what what the problem is. Like are is Labour lacking well, obviously it's lacking the old the boomers. The boomers. But also isn't actually progressive or attractive enough for for youth. It's true. It's very much true. It's in a it's in a so you, state. Yeah, so you need something that is both appealing to boomers and the youth. Yeah. I look. God, who knows? Fucking So you want like something like No franking and no hex. That is that a slogan? Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> I no franking, no hex. Yeah, that's it's great. Like, they would get slaughtered, Anthony, because the, Scott Morrison would just reword to like, oh, constructing our economy and protecting <laughs> our our safety, and then just win, like nine seats off Labour. Like, and, <laughs> like a fair go for Australia. It means nothing. Uh, a fair go. What the fuck does a fair go even mean, mate? You're the Labour mm. Party. Like, who's the fair go for? The workers? For, for businesses? I, I don't know. At least Scott Morrison yeah, has like, like, laid out his plans. Jobs and growth. Mm. The innovation dude. Um, remember that, all that like focus on like innovation? Make Australia great. That's a classic. Yeah, Clive. Clive, that's Clive. a good one. Um, make Australia great one more time. Uh, repeat making Australia great. You somehow, yeah. Um, what else is there? What else do people care about? People care Climate about change. Yeah. We're all going to die. That could be oh, labelled. No, no, no. Jo- there's, some- there's something with nuclear power in there, Eric and Jordan. We're, we're talking about... We want to retain, you know, the nuclear uh, well, nuclear well, families. Australian electorate on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to you want to keep. <laughs> you want the nuclear families for the boomers, and you want, you know, addressing climate change for the young people. Um, and you got to somehow throw like COVID in there. So yeah, like, yeah. Nuclear, A nuclear future for Australia. A nuclear future um because it's, it's got the double meaning jordan of, of nuclear practically in in power sense but also yeah. nuclear in in the family look there we go one million dollars thank you australian labor party for, <laughs> and you're welcome for winning your election you just have to you know change your strategy honestly i actually feel like the liberals would be easier to sell that to <laughs> Maybe we can like have a maybe we could have an auction and they have to bid off against each other. Yeah, <laughs> we'll bring the greens in, the nats, the greens be like nuclear. We're not there. Yeah, nuclear energy is green, right? It's often associated yeah. with the color green. You're green. Very true. Very true. Very true.
We're onto something. We're onto something. I don't know what it is, but we're onto something. (laughs) We're onto something. Maybe we should sell it to the Liberals, them use it, and then obviously just get killed by the the Australian electorate because no one wants nuclear (laughs) power. (laughs) I know you want, Anthony. The people Uh... don't. Not yet. Maybe you need to start your own party. Like oh, the nuclear you... party. Yeah. Or like Oh, the green. The green singular. That's an excellent Just idea. The green. And then you can hopefully get yeah. like, you know, people get confused on the voting ballot. <laughs> that's how you get it. Oh, that, that's that's a great right reference, Jordan. Well played. Six year job on the Senate. <laughs> Okay, so Anthony suggested to me this TV show called Rake. Fantastic show. Great Australian lawyer show. Really mm. good. First few seasons, excellent. But my goodness, they absolutely ruin this show in the fifth season. Um, I won't spoil it for anyone, but mm. he does the only other thing people with law degrees seem to do, and he becomes a politician. Uh, oof, and it's it's not it's not good. I'm actually kind of devastated. They almost like they basically ruined. It's not great. I couldn't even finish it. Ah, oh, it happens. Yeah, it last happen. season of shows, they just sometimes they just don't know how to end things. Like I feel like yeah. the last season of most shows is often the worst. Well, thing like Game of Thrones, that's like got a really bad last season. Um, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't really think of any others off the top of my head. There you go, proof. So massive. Game of Thrones. Proof. You, what you're saying? You need more? Fuck yeah. you! No, you don't. You have Game of Thrones. There you go. One is enough. Lost. Oh. I had a pretty terrible last. I can't. I don't know. I can't even think of a single TV Wasn't show. Lost bad like halfway through. Lost is bad in lots of times through, but also good at lots of different times. Lost is in the show that I'm like, oh yeah, Lost is really good, and someone's like, what should I watch? I'd be like, absolutely not. Do not watch Lost. It's not. Do not watch it. It's good though, but don't don't watch it. Mm. You know, there's a show who have. What is the best like finale you've seen in a TV show, or or something like that? Oh, that's a good question. I always liked the finale of House MD. Oh, what? Remind me of this. Remind me of this. Okay, so spoilers. This is something that came out in like 2008. So you know, people who haven't seen it, mute the podcast for a bit. Yeah, watch it and then come back and watch it. You know what? We'll sit here um, quietly while you go watch House. Okay, we'll just from now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Welcome back. Welcome um, back. Hopefully, you enjoyed you enjoyed an incredible eight seasons of uh, mm-hmm. of US television. Turns out um, it was lupus. It was. <laughs> Um, so, so the end of House, he um, eff- effectively ends up faking his own death so he can hang out with Wilson, who is dying of cancer. Oh, so fuck. effectively you've got you've got eight seasons of House being a selfish prick, and then in the last episode, he effectively sacrifices his selfishness to be able to hang out with Wilson and just. You know, have a good time. Jeez. So I didn't actually mind that. That's nice. That finale, because obviously at the time, like it's the end of the show, so you hate it naturally. But I guess kind of looking back, it actually made a lot of sense that that would be 
that would be how it is, how it ends. We have this mm. person who's permanently selfish in the end, not being selfish. And it's a nice, like, it is nice, you know, neat wrap up. Yeah, but I honestly don't really remember many endings of shows because I don't watch a lot of drama shows all the way through. Yeah, me neither. Like usually in like sitcoms, and then I mean none of them have good endings. Um, but yeah, like a lot, you know, consistent drama over several seasons. I, I can't actually remember the last one that I've watched. They're either still ongoing or I haven't seen in full. Interesting. Yeah, I can't I remember. Know. I don't know. Did you did you have one in in particular in mind mm. as like a good mm. a good finale or? Well, I watched The Sopranos. Like last year, technically, due to COVID. Great show. Fantastic mm. show. Definitely recommend. I can see why people rave about it. I really love the ending. Just sort of cuts mm. to black, quite famous in like the middle of a, a scene. Um, the way people explain it that way it doesn't make any sense until you see it and you actually, there's so much contextualization around it. That's really good. Um, yeah, yeah. But probably the best finale of a TV show I have ever seen is a TV show I really, really love called The Americans. Have you watched it, Anthony? Mm-mm. So the Americans is a American TV show set in the 1980s, and it's the story about two KGB agents who have been living in America for a long time, um, and they're mm-hmm. kind of secret agents. They do cool secret agent stuff for the the Soviet Union, um, and it's kind of interesting because it's a it's a bit of a flip instead of you know like the, in this one the the Russians are the good guys. Well, good in quotation like they're the main characters at least they're the protagonists. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a cool idea. Really good. They have a family. They live lives. They have like a real estate company um no uh travel agency sorry mm-hmm. anyway it's a bunch of seasons all of them very good can be a little slow sometimes but just like push through and it's fucking so good the acting is phenomenal the two main characters matthew reese um evans and i can't remember her name kerry russell something like that um mm-hmm. both phenomenal actors anyway the last episode the last season is really good but the last episode is just fantastic. And I just realized now I actually can't explain it because it will massively spoil everything. But it's really good. Perfectly timed music. Everything wraps up very nicely. Uh, or maybe not nicely, but it's satisfying. So if you're watching the yeah, show, yeah. check it out. Stick it to the end. You'll be happy. It's a great story. Uh, my recommendation, The Americans. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, fucking incredible television. Yeah, no one right. watches it. It's like such a slept-on show. Um, even though I like it, it, you know, it's popular and because it got a, quite a few seasons, but it's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It has what I like in most shows is just that uh, it has it has lots of good costumes. Anthony, everyone's all dressing up like spies. Excellent. We love that. And they're all communists as well, so it's it's like my <laughs> it's like my dream. <laughs> no wonder you love this show. Bro. Oh no, it's really good. You'd you'd actually really enjoy it, I think. Yeah. 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 No, that sounds really interesting. Anyway, good to know. We've been talking Very for. Oh, it's been an extra long episode. It's been an extra I long think... episode. I think it's been a good one. Um, mm. well, maybe not extra, extra long, but a bit extra long. Just a few extra minutes for our our fans. Yeah, yeah. Our, bonus our... bonus content for our Patreon subscribers. All the haters and losers out there, they don't get these extra minutes. Um. Oh. Anyway, thank you for joining us for episode 17. Um, Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
um, you know, always... keeps on giving. It is, it is, it really is. Still um, going. We're still going, we're not going anywhere. Um, if we go quiet, we'll, we'll be back eventually. Um, I guess we're kind of, you and I have gone through a pretty, like, busy period these last few, well, just like in life. Not necessarily in work. Yeah, just yeah, in- just like, and seeing people again, that sucks. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot Crazy. of stuff. Christmas, New Year's, everything. So um, hopefully we can get back to maybe a little bit more of a regular schedule. You can hear us chat yeah. about news and, and fans. We spent so long talking about fans, Anthony. <laughs> Why do so many people listen to this? Well, so oh. many. In terms of what we're talking about, surprising. Yeah, it's true. It's surprising yeah. that it's more than one. But we yeah. take them. We take we take the small wins. Take them, yeah. And um, we run with them. We all do. Well, thank you, Simbuki, to our listeners. Simbuki. Indeed, indeed. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Very good. Thank, thank you. you for joining me, Jordan. Oh, and, thank you. Um, Anthony, thank you for joining Jordan. That's lovely. Exactly. Um, Craig, thank you for recording. Our producer. Indeed. Um, he's not on executive mic. producer. Executive producer. Sorry. All right. How the fuck do I? Excellent. Well, here we go. I'm Audi.